holding on to your motivation, knowing as clearly as you can the reason why you're going to meditate specifically for this session. Then make sure your body will cooperate, that your mind will cooperate. So get into the posture that will be conducive to meditation. You want the posture to be comfortable and you want there to be stability in the posture. So sit in such a way that you are comfortable. Check the legs. They are comfortable. They will remain where you leave them firmly without you having to consciously hold them in place. And the hands, place them in such a way that they are comfortable. You are not consciously holding them up or holding them down. They remain firm where you place them. Elbows are not too far, not too close to the body. Shoulders are even, relaxed. Your back naturally straight, comfortable. Center your head and neck. You're not holding your head and neck in place. So you're not trying to keep them from falling to the sides, nor front and back. Center them and leave them there. Mouth, teeth, tongue, resting in their natural places. So the teeth are not clenched, the jaws are not too loose, the lips slightly touching slightly resting behind the upper part of the teeth. Then find what is conducive for you as far as the eyes are concerned. Opened could be more conducive for you, so have them opened. If that's not conducive, then close them and still you can have them half opened. Whichever is conducive for you, adopt that. Then start to feel the sense of ease descending upon the body and just let your mind rest in that sense of ease, that ever deepening sense of ease. without any intention to control your breath, without any intention to force the mind to focus on the breath, not even any intention to deal with distraction by chasing them away or pressing them. Just bring your attention to the breath with the only intention just being aware, knowing that you're breathing out when you are breathing out knowing that you're breathing in when you're breathing in.
breath in this way. Have a part of your mind go back to the posture to make sure that it is indeed comfortable and conducive to meditation. And if you need to make further adjustments, make the adjustments staying as aware of the breath as possible. adjustments and you feel a sense of confidence in the posture and the sense of ease is deeper than before to some degree and bring your awareness again back to the breath and all you need to worry about or your only concern is while you're breathing out do you know you're breathing out when you're breathing in do you know you're breathing in and watch your awareness following the breath from out breath to out breath and intend to keep it unbroken while you follow 21 cycles of breath
continue your intention to continue to experience this ever-deepening sense of ease wherever this sense of ease takes you it will continue to be the platform from which you meditate and bring your attention to the space in front of you about an arm's length or prostration distance from you at the level of your eyebrows visualizing a very bright presence there and this presence is your guide the very means through depending upon it will allow you to achieve the goal you seek this in your mind, find that measure of conviction that you are indeed in, su in such a presence. When you find that measure of conviction, no matter what the measure may be, hold on to it as though it's the only thing that exists. And while holding on to that measure of conviction, show your reverence in your mind Accept the protection, the guidance, place your reliance refuge, your teacher, the path and the result that you seek.
your conscience and remove any obstacles due to either manifest or unmanifest sense of dysfunctional guilt. Admit your faults, your weaknesses. Admit the actions committed under their influence. Holding an intelligent sense of regret. Again, turn to the teacher the path and the result. Take refuge for protection, guidance and strength. According to your capacity, make a promise to restrain in the future. to offset the potential collected through these actions done under the influence of these witnesses, these faults. Promise to do something to counter them. Promise to do something to make up. embrace all beings, look at their conditions, let compassion and love swell in your heart for them. 
and holding them in such embrace, turn your mind again to the bright presence in front of you. And through the presence of the teacher, feel connected to all enlightened beings. Then ask them to please teach beings how to truly end their pain, how to find true happiness. And ask them to stay with beings until they are truly free, truly happy. you're about to do, seeking to further your understanding or your appreciation of bodhicitta. Think of the merit you've gained so far through these preliminaries and dedicate their power to help you succeed with this meditation. in your mind, you are in the presence of what is for you, the means to achieve your goal. And bring that right form of the teacher now to the crown of your head. While you make strong wishes to be free of your obstacles, to realize your goal, feel yourself being bathed by light coming from the teacher. The light removes your obstacles, fills you with the realizations you seek. that tiny form of light descends the form becomes a tiny pot of light and it descends through the crown of your head as it descends feel 
see it descending see it merging with your mind at your heart center and for as long as you can hold on to the affirmation that you have become inseparable Since I uh, always forget to make announcements <coughs> when I have to make announcements at the end of the class, so I'm going to make announcements in the beginning of the class. So the announcement is next Sunday and for the next three Sundays we won't have this class. Um, this coming weekend, I, I think it's a it's a special uh, retreat, right? It's for those who have initiation, right? Yeah. Okay. So you won't be able to come here. We won't. If you don't have initiation, you cannot uh, attend what's happening next weekend. Okay, but I think Ruchi will be teaching again, right? Soon, yeah. So, if you're not on the list, so you can send you an email, so we can announce to you when the next teaching will uh, will begin. Please, before you leave, uh, give them to Ed. <laughs> and Ed, I'm sure Ed will make sure that your name get on the list. Okay. Okay. 
So, uh, we, we spent a long time uh, with the topic of uh, bodhicitta, and we're not finished with it yet. So we've reached now the point where you're when you're meditating on bodhicitta, you don't, go, you, don't you don't spend as much time with all the steps because uh, the, there are two major ways in, in, uh, within Tibetan uh, Buddhism to develop bodhicitta. And there are other ways, of course, of developing bodhicitta, but these are the two uh, most popular ones that you, get, you hear a lot about. So there is uh, one is called seven cause and effect, and the other one is called exchanging self with others. And what uh, Jason Kappa did was to combine those two instructions into one instruction, and that's what we were we were going over. Okay. So for a long time after you've become very familiar with all the steps, and you're able to recite them, so like you know, frontward and uh, forward and backwards, then you start uh, sitting down and trying to actualize the emotion or the, or the uh, understanding that each step is supposed to lead you to. And then you go to the next and then you go to the next. Of course, when you're uh, uh, meditating on them in a practical sense, you, uh, the one way is to spend as much time as is necessary on step one, for example, and you don't go to step two until you have an actual realization of step, of step one. Okay. Then you move to the step two and then do the same thing until when you finally reach the last step, which is the, the result of bodhicitta, then you actually have bodhicitta. Uh, and th that's, that's, that is considered to be like the recommended way of, of, of uh, achieving bodhicitta. But uh, in this day of scholasticism, uh, the mind gets uh, bored quite easily and very fast when you're sticking with one uh, topic, one step for a long time, after a while, uh, before you even get to any realization, your mind gets so bored, so it, the boredom becomes an obstacle itself. Okay? So to entertain the mind, <laughs> so the mind won't get too bored, so you go to step two, and you s spend as much time with it as possible until that becomes maybe a, a boredom, uh, then you go to step three. Or if you want, you can, in one meditation session, you just sort of like get the feel for each step, try to go through each step and until you reach the last step. Of course, when you reach the last step, doing this kind of uh, going this way, you know, uh, you may get a, a, a better understanding of what bodhicitta is. You may get a better feel for it, but it's not an actual realization of bodhicitta. Uh, when you finally have a realization of bodhicitta, the actual realization itself, it's not just uh, some uh, sentiment that you that you that you get to. There are other things that will be happening in, in uh, w within your continuum. Uh, it's not just the the an overwhelming love, an overwhelming uh, sense of wanting to do something, and and that sparks and then goes away. Along with that, there will be other there will be meditational, you can say meditational realizations also occurring at the actual realization. At that very moment. You, you will have uh, achieved a very, uh, a very strong one-pointedness of mind also. And along with that, there will be uh, ecstatic experiences going on. Okay? So when, uh, if, if none of these things are in, uh, accompanying that sentiment, then you're not really uh, in the realization of bodhicitta. Okay? But 
Uh, so after a while, of, uh, if you're doing all the steps, step one, two, three, four, five, all the way to the end, and then having trying to get a feel of what bodhicitta is like and, 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 and uh, a deeper appreciation of it, after a while, then it becomes easier for you to get to that step. At first, it might be probably, maybe there's one person or one group of people who sort of, it's kind of difficult for you to, to extend, to develop love for, okay? Because somehow in our minds, we may have, we may have uh, come up with a conclusion, you know, these people really deserve to be hated because they've done this, they've done that, they've done this, they've done that, and then your mind finds it difficult to embrace them with love or compassion. So it, it might take you a, a, a bit longer to get to, the, to, get to, to go beyond step one, which is developing a sense of, of uh, equal regarding for all, for all beings. Okay? And it doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, um, uh, no, there's this, you know, John or Jeffrey or Jennifer or, or, or all the eighth graders in, you know, <laughs> in the school you went to or something like that, then you have this sense of hatred for them or sense of animosity for them because they did this to you. you, don't, you it, doesn't ne- it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. It could just be that, you know, um, for some reason you just hate snakes or you can't stand rats or cockroaches. So these are the group of beings that you find it difficult for you to embrace with love. Um, it's not just human beings, okay? <laughs> this is bodhicitta. It's not love for all beings. It's, love, it's not love for just all human beings. It's love for all beings. Whatever you can put the label a, li- a living being on, you want to extend that love to them also. Okay? So you may have already a sense of love for all human beings, but you have a sense of animosity towards, you know, maybe all, uh, all hummingbirds. I don't know. <laughs> you can stand the way they flap their wings, you know. <laughs> so you have to learn, you have to go through the step, through the process of being able to extend that love also to, to that category or to that person. Okay? Once you're able to do that, uh, then when, when you go into the steps and automatically uh, just thinking the word sentient being instead of having to categorize them the way, to, the way the mind usually does because of its habit, your mind automatically embraces them with, with love and with compassion. And then based on that, then you try to build the, the wish Okay, the wish, may I become a fully enlightened Buddha for their sake. And of course, when you're thinking, may I become a fully enlightened Buddha for their sake, you have to have a, a deeper appreciation of what, what is this thing called Buddhahood. And so you have to sort of think about it in a, in a realistic way. By realistic, I mean a, not just what the textbooks say Buddhahood is, but you have to define it in such a way that feels to you very uh, organic, that feels to you very uh, something that you can actually touch, something you can actually realize within your own continuum. Okay? And whatever way that you can define it, that you can, you can define it as that state of being where you're perfectly free uh, from any obstacle. An obstacle could be relating with others, it could be obstacle due to time, due to space, in whatever way that you can describe the obstacle. So, whatever, so that state of being where you're completely free of any obstacle whatsoever, okay, whether the obstacle is relating with certain people, certain beings, that you're free of that obstacle. So if you, if you define Buddhahood that way, so you can say, I aspire to achieve that state where I'm completely free of all obstacles. And you can see yourself embracing whatever category of your being with equal love and equal compassion. Okay? So you have this, 
and, and you, you have the knowledge or the wisdom to be able to help them. Not only do you know that they're in trouble, but you actually know what to do, what you can, what can, you, what you can subscribe to them, what you can teach them, and how to give, give, give them these uh, instructions. Okay. So you have this appreciation of Buddhahood, and, and you find yourself naturally aspiring to it. So you want to m merge those, 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 those two states of mind. The aspiration for Buddhahood, out of appreciation for what it is, and then the sense of compassion, the sense of love that you have for, for beings. And even though you say love and you say compassion, but in your own experience, it's, it's, it's like uh, it's one feeling, and depending on how you look at it, you call it compassion, and in one other way you look at it, it's, it's love. Okay? But it's just for the sake of speaking, we say love and we say compassion. But it's really like just one kind of feeling. Okay? And then you want to merge those two, those two minds the aspiration and then the, the way you regard sentient beings with love and compassion into one mind. And that one mind, that's what is, that's what is called bodhicitta. Okay? And that's why bodhicitta has, uh, the definition of bodhicitta is, is, is so long. It's not just having love for all beings. Okay? It's based on love for all beings, based on compassion for all beings, based on an appreciation of what uh, uh, Buddhahood is. You aspire to Buddhahood in order to... <laughs> be able to fulfill what love and what compassion for beings wishes for them. Okay? So it's all those things that fit into the definition. So you want to have an experience that sort of like encompass all, the, all these emotions, all these, uh, all, all these things. Right? So now, as far as practically speaking about for, for the meditation, what are you going to do? So if after uh, having some familiarity with the steps, you can just like... Uh, if by going to the steps, for example, of learning to see all beings in the same way you, you, you see uh, that one person that you have very deep love for, very deep compassion for, and somehow you're able to uh, trick your mind to see, it, it is a trick, okay? <laughs> you trick your mind to see all beings in that same way. You see, not only you see your, uh, that person that way that you, you have this natural love for, but somehow you're able to extend that vision or perception to someone who's a, uh, you just met on the street, uh, to the roach that you used to don't like, you don't you don't like, to the point where even just hearing a being, a sentient being, brings that emotion that you have for that one person. Okay, because you, in a sense you already have it. So when you think about that person, all that, all of a sudden those emotions comes up, your love for them, your compassion for them. When you hear that person's name, you're loving that emotion comes from them. So you want that same thing to happen when you hear the word all beings. Okay. So becoming familiar with that emotion through the steps, now you, you don't necessarily have to go to, okay, there was my mother, oh yeah, I loved her very much, okay, let me, oh, this could be my mother also. So you, not, you don't have to go through all the steps. You just go to the, to the, you just say the word love even to yourself and that emotion comes up. And you try, you, you sustain it. Okay? And while you're sustaining it, and you want it to sort of like push you to make you make a decision. And that the, the decision that you want it to make you make is, let me become a Buddha to, to fulfill what love wishes to fulfill f for them. Okay? And you can do this uh, uh, even, even right now. Okay? All those steps that you may spend a, uh, some few years trying to develop, that's what they're trying to make you do. 
trying to get you to have a, a palpable sense of love and be able to hold on to it. So, so you can say, bring that palpable sense of love willfully. Bring that palpable sense of compassion willfully and let your mind stay and dwell with it. And while it's there, it, you're, making, you're, making, you're making it make you act. And the action that you want it to make you make is to aspire to Buddhahood. Okay? So, uh, without necessarily having to go to, you know, okay, let me see, all beings, they were once my mother, is that really true? But so-and-so couldn't be my mother because I can't stand that person. But so-and-so could be my mother. So without having to go through all that steps, just think of one person that you feel love for and then just dwell on that, on that, on that emotion. And then just with the words, thinking you have it for all beings. Okay? So have that sense of compassion. Have that sense of love. And then while you're holding on to that sense of compassion, sense of love, you say, I wish I could be a, I wish I would be, could be a fully enlightened being for their sake. Okay? And you just keep doing that. Keep doing that until, until at some point you feel that, that emotion of love and that aspiration somehow merge into one mind. And when you feel that, then you just hold on to it for some time. And you, you have to go back and forth. Build up the sense of love. Try to hold on to it. Get to the aspiration. And then try to merge them. And for a brief moment, it feels like it's just one mind. You try to hold on to it. And you lose it, of course. That's the beginning. That's, the, that's, that's why it's called practice. So you're practicing. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. Bring up the sense of love. Bring up the sense of compassion. Whatever way that that can bring it to you and then just either in just words it's for all beings and then make yourself aspire to a state that you can appreciate that we can call that if that you even you maybe just you can call buddhahood okay it may not necessarily fit, fit the, the textbook definition I guess it depends on whose textbook <laughs> doesn't necessarily have to fit the textbook definition of buddhahood but for you it feels like it's an ultimate state that's worthy of aspiring to. Okay? Alright? So that's what we're going to be the med- that's the meditation you're going to do. Alright? Any questions? Any questions? Step is clear? Okay. If you have tea, drink some. <laughs> this is good tea, by the way. <laughs> So let's make sure the body is not going to interfere. Holding on to the intention you have for the meditation. Let that intention sort of infuse the body, inform it, so it can cooperate, so it can become conducive. Quickly check the legs and hands, elbows, shoulders, your back, your head and neck, eyes, mouth, teeth, tongue.
can recall the sense of ease you experienced earlier as clearly as you can. That very memory can infuse the present state and quickly bring you closer to that sense of ease than you did before. Then bring your attention to the breath again thinking that your heart center is the place where you are thinking where the thinking is taking place and follow the breath follow five cycles of breath sense of ease be the platform of your meditation. So bring forth a sense of compassion by thinking of someone you love and wishing them wishing them well, wishing them to be free of their pain, of their trouble. And let that sense of compassion and love overwhelm you, stabilize your mind in that overwhelming sense of compassion, and feeling the urgency that it's directing, calling from you, and let the conclusion you draw be, may I become a Buddha, may I become a fully enlightened being, and define that what is a Buddha to yourself and become a being without limit and so forth in order to fulfill the aspiration of love and compassion.
serenity become that for them. again, staying aware of the breath, slowly become aware of the body, beginning with the top of the head, slowly becoming more and more aware of the body until you reach your toes. Thank <laughs> you.